Welcome to episode 20 of the Gen X Photography Podcast. Uh, This is your host, Mario Piper, and I do thank you for joining with me uh, on this podcast. I know it's a little bit late. Um, A lot of stuff going on here, nothing (laughs) serious, just a lot more work. Um, So it was difficult to eke out the time to to record this, and I know that that might sound... um, uh, you know, 30 minutes, what's 30 minutes, but it's, you know, when you have a family and, and, uh, work and things like that, it can be difficult to, to balance all the time. So anyways, I'm back and I thank you for, uh, joining me on this episode. Um, there were a number of things I wanted to talk about, um, on this episode and I may still get to them, but, uh, I was just thinking about uh, something that I learned about this morning. Uh, today's Thursday, uh, April 8th. And um, it made me think about the film, film community that we are a part of. And what a cool community it is. It's, it's, uh, it's not like there aren't other kinds of communities like this for other hobbies. To be sure, there are all kinds of communities. And that's awesome. And we just happen to be one that uh, is centered around the love of analog photography, um, whether it's film or tintype or uh, wet plate, you name it, uh, Polaroids, anything analog. And speaking of that, it made me think of somebody who explored uh, so much of analog photography, and that was Aloy Anderson. And the reason why I mention him is, uh, well, we lost somebody as a community, and of course his family, even more so, lost somebody who seemed to really love life and love this hobby with a passion. Uh, I came to learn about Aloy through, well, it was last year uh, during COVID, <laughs> the very beginning of COVID, I should say. Uh, I was looking up um, uh, Lomochrome Metropolis. I, would, I was interested in trying it out, and so I looked up some YouTube videos, and two videos really helped me to decide to, to go after it. One was the old camera guy, um, Mr. Mahali himself, and the other was Aloy Anderson. Well, of course, at the end of the videos, everybody gives their credentials and all that, and the socials, and so I contacted them both and ever since then Aloy and I had been communicating back and forth commenting on each on each other's photos uh he he seemed like a really nice nice guy and uh you know as as this podcast my podcast it continued going I was thinking of people people that I would like to to interview someday and he was among the top of people that I wanted to interview. I was curious about his his processes. He, you know, he did so much with photography. Not like me, sticking with 35 millimeter. No, he he did medium uh, format, large format, uh, <laughs> uh, blue, uh, cyanotypes, uh, all kinds of photography, and was a real proponent of just the analog photography world. And now he's gone, and that's that's kind of a, 
a, a tough thing to, to, to conceptualize because here's, here's the point. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this on the way home from work today. This on or this modern um, film photography community is not based on a singular person like say Ansel Adams or Annie Leibovitz. Um, it's based on all of us. The community is based on the people that make up the community, and it's just a a, a cool thing. But one of the the effects of this modern community is that most of us probably have never met each other in person um possibly we've you know video chatted uh if we've been on a podcast or something like that but most of us simply communicate by means of instagram or Flickr or, or youtube or the facebook uh any of the facebook groups that are dedicated to film photography um it's a rare thing to actually meet somebody especially now with COVID, to meet somebody in person and, you know, share the love of photography, go out and shoot together, you know, that's, that's just not heard of uh, too much nowadays. And so, again, most of our communication, our interactions are online uh, with, with people that share this love, Um, whether it's asking uh, the community for help understanding a process or why this happened with our film or that happened with our film or uh, how to fix this problem or should I be, even be concerned about this problem with my camera or not. Um, you know, asking questions or encouraging each other as we often do, you know, such things as just go ahead and do it. Don't have the, don't worry about the film sweats. Just, just do, do the photography and and you'll learn through the process. You know, things like that, just encouragement, or even um, commenting on others' photos. You know, this, uh, this community is based on interactions like that. And while I'm incredibly grateful to be part of the community, when we lose somebody, it's, it's kind of difficult because, again, like Aloy, um, I, I never met him. But I still feel a loss, you know, I feel a loss because of his place in the, in the film community, his love and passion for analog photography that helped so many of us uh, continue going, you know, and giving us inspiration. So anyways, Aloy, we, uh, we miss you and uh, we miss you, bro. Uh, yeah, anyways, we, it, as far as the, as the community goes, I, it made me think with my own podcast that I want to interview as many people as possible because of the fact that we may never know when, you know, when we go, you know, um, so don't be surprised if I reach out to some of you, uh, for <laughs> an interview, I, Again, it's, it's a lost opportunity with Aloy. I, I wanted to interview him, and it was just two things. One was technological. I, I don't know how to interview on Anchor. Um, I need to reach out to Mr. Gutterman <laughs> to figure out how to interview on Skype and then put that, you know, save that as a podcast. I, I, I don't, I'm not 
I'm not real familiar with the, the ins and outs of doing that. So that was one 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 thing that I was struggling with. And the other is just a little bit of shyness, you know. I uh, <laughs> I do have a podcast, but I've never interview, interviewed anybody. And as for myself, I it sounds like a weird thing because, you know, interviewing somebody, I would hopefully be able to learn from them. But I feel like... Uh, I don't have much to give and therefore much to offer as far as questions um, because I'm still a newbie at, at you know, real, pho- real photography, fi- uh, film photography, and analog photography. Um, and, you know, somebody like Alloy, he's, he seemed to be kind of like a giant to me as far as <laughs> uh, his, his workflow, his inspiration and and you know that's a lost opportunity now so anyways uh, you know there's regrets there uh, and my heart goes out to his family um, his wife and his daughter you know we'd see photos of them on Instagram and um, you know they seem to have a, you know quite a bit of fun um, you know in their family and uh, I know they're going through a hard time right now so uh, thoughts and prayers for for his family. Um, so, anyways, yeah. If uh, if you guys, any of you guys, uh, get a, an invite from me, um, it, it's simply for that reason. You know, we we are part of this community. We all have a voice. We all should be heard. Um, and I want to do my part, my you know small part in this little tidy podcast that I have to to uh, amplify the voices of this awesome community that we that we have. And again, just thinking about how weird it is that you know before the days of digital, um, there were the the photography greats, and then there was the rest of us that might have shot you know. Uh, photos of our family and that you know that's what photography was it wasn't necessarily an art form it was more of a or a hobby it was I mean for some people it was but for many people photography was simply shooting family photos on vacation or birthday parties or whatever and uh, nowadays after the advent of digital photography when many of us want to reach back to analog photography because of a different purpose not because it's the only kind of photography we have but because there's something just truly magical about film photography, um, you know, we no longer necessarily think of just the greats. Again, the Ansel Adams, the Annie Leibovitzes, the others, the the, uh, Mr. Kappa. Um, We think instead, oftentimes, I know I do at least, I don't think about them. I think about the people in our community. The, the many of you that I uh, interact with on Instagram, on Facebook, um, on other uh, other platforms, and that's that's really awesome. It's really really cool uh, that we have this kind of community uh, to coalesce around. Anyways, as I often do, I ramble and ramble and ramble, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, so again, uh, such a loss, such a loss. Alloy, uh, um, again, we miss you, buddy. Um, 
well, I, I will talk a little bit about um, a few things. I do want to post some photos on my uh, Gen X Photog Pod Instagram um, site. Um, some of the things that I've done uh, this last month, I shot uh, a couple rolls of sound recording film that I got off of uh, uh, Etsy, and it's it's expired film. I think it doesn't say when it ex- when it was expired, but I believe the 60s or 70s. Um, but sound recording, so I'm thinking that it was alongside movie film, you know, 35 millimeter movie film, um, that it recorded the sound of the of the movie. I'm not sure though. Black and white film, low ISO, not incredibly low. It's 32, you know. <laughs> 32 is not <laughs> too low compared to some things that we've shot. Um, some things that I've shot for sure. Um, so it was relatively easy to shoot for me. But, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting much out of it. I don't know why, but I just wasn't expecting too much out of it. Well, I developed it in HC 110 developed it for uh, seven minutes at cold cold temps so cold temps not not 68 but basically you know 40 degrees 30 38 degrees whatever uh, a refrigerator is uh, but I just used cold tap water um, so cold temps uh, dilution of 1 to 200 one part HC 110 200 water or 199 water and uh, and then developed it for seven minutes, gently agitating for the first minute, and then one agitation at each minute. Gentle, very gentle and slow. Um, and then fixed it, you know, hung it to dry. And when I pulled it out, it, it, it reminded me a little bit of Kodak, uh, Kodak 2238. Um, you know, it was a real clear film with the image imprinted on it. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't sure what what it was going to be like, but then I scanned it and I was blown away at the clarity of this film. The tonal range, the blacks were just pure black. Um, got some uh, you know good images that I that I really appreciate from that. And again, thinking that this is <laughs> incredibly old film, and I didn't have to like stand develop it for an hour. It was really e- easy to develop. Um, Kodak uh, 697, I believe. I, I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on my uh, on my Instagram. Anyways, it was sound recording film. So I did that. Um, I did two rolls. The first roll was better than the second. Um, something that happens with me is dust, and I'm learning now as far as dust is concerned to uh (laughs) take the time and heat up the shower get in my bathroom get the dust particles all captured by the steam and then use distilled water and this time i used what i decided to start doing is to have two bottles both with distilled water and i have a a pre well after i do my, my final rinse i rinse with Um, distilled water, dump that back into the distilled water, the first distilled water, and then I do the same with the second distilled water, and hopefully that will last for, you know, 20 rolls or so. Distilled water is not that expensive, Um, but that way I don't have to, you know, waste too many uh, water bottles. 
uh, you know, have a thing with plastic, and that's, I know that's a weird thing because I develop film and it's chemicals and stuff like that, so I, it's a <laughs> oxymoronic almost. But um, anyways, yeah, sound recording, sound recording film. Um, another, th- well, recently I've just been doing a lot of expired film and experimental film. Um, but one thing I want to do, and it's coming up soon, I'll, I'll make sure to talk about it when I actually do it, but within a month or so, I'll be able to, to do it. Something I'm real excited about, and that's, uh, taking out a roll of Lomochrome Purple, and then taking out my one roll. I, I want to shoot it, and I don't want to shoot it, because I only have one roll of this, and it's expensive, but, uh, my Kodak, um, infrared color film EIR so I guess <clears throat> uh, ectochrome infrared that must mean what what that must be what EIR stands for but you know expired in 2000 so I got to take that into consideration but anyways I want to take the role of infrared film and the role of <clears throat> Lomochrome purple both 36 exposures put them each in one of my Minolta SRT cameras both with either a 50 millimeter lens or a 35 millimeter lens. I haven't decided which one. Um, and then take take my tripod and go to a scene, you know, various scenes throughout Vermont as soon as things really green up and shoot the same scene with both films and just see what the difference is. I'm, I'm really curious because I know Lomochrome Purple, I've shot it before. My daughter shot it before and it's it's really cool the way it renders renders greens. But it will also be interesting to to find out how this uh, infrared film uh, does with greens and with you know just the natural world. So very excited to see see that, and I'll definitely make sure to post that. Um, I'll be talking about it next month. I'm assuming I'm assuming it might be a couple of months because I know the Kodak EIR is a slide film and it's infrared film. So I ha- I'm going to be sending that off to uh, the dark room. Um, or Dwayne's photo lab. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't decided, but, um, anyways, I'll be sending it off, uh, not developing it myself, but yeah, um, I did want to share a little bit about, I know I talked about it a little bit, but dust, you know, it, I know there are some photographers out there who, who don't mind the, the dust and the hair and all that. Um, it adds to the, the whole analog aspect, but for me, some hair I don't mind, but the dust itself, oh, I, I just can't stand it. I don't, I don't know why. And I've struggled to figure out what, what to do about dust, how to, how to mitigate it. I'm still learning, but what, some of the things that I've, uh, that I've discovered for myself, I've already talked about, but before you hang your film to dry, and I always make sure I'm now I'm really struggling or not struggling but trying to be conscious to make sure to let my family know that I'm going to do this process so that they don't have to worry about you know if they need to take a shower or something like that um you know just be considerate of my family but you know uh make sure to go in turn on the shower close the door let the steam build up you know it'll take about three minutes or so let the steam build up and it'll capture all any dust in the bathroom in the meantime I'm in the bathroom doing my final rinse and then I have my two bottles of distilled water and the reason for distilled water 
is it leaves no watermarks or it should leave no watermarks and it will hopefully help wash away any of the any of the dust that might have accumulated in addition to you know this the steam helping out with that but two bottles of this distilled water one is a pre-distillation or a pre uh, pre <laughs> pre post rinse <laughs> so anyways after the final rinse one distilled water for the first rinse of distilled and then the second water for the second rinse of distilled water and that so far so far has seemed to help um but yeah it's it, it's a pain it's a real chore to to scan and while you're scanning having to edit out it's either choose to edit out all the dust and sometimes you know my photos have it seems like hundreds of pieces of dust per frame and that's that's tough that's time consuming i don't want to sit there and do that so um it's either a choice of doing that or taking the time in the development stage to just turn on the shower use the distilled water and uh and take care of it that way and i think that's what i'm choosing to do it seems to be a uh, a better <laughs> better option than wasting time uh, with the editing process. I know I'll still have to do a little bit, but not to, not to that extent. The test will be when I do the Kodak 2254 film, or some of the uh, some of the obscure black and white films, like the sound recording film that I was talking about. Um, those tend to have a lot more dust for some reason than standard commercial film like Kodak Gold or Ektar. I don't know why, but it'll be interesting to see if this method helps. And if it doesn't help, then I'm going to go on to try using PhotoFlow. But we'll see how, uh, how uh, distilled water and uh, a shower to you know steam out the... the the dust particles see how that works uh, first of all well anyways I uh, um, continuing on with my uh, photographic journey um, trying all kinds of films and I'll make sure to to post some from the uh, from the sound recording film um, uh, another uh, thing that I tried this this last month um, it's a little easier to do with really super ultra ultra slow film uh, ultra low ISO film um, is to uh, take a shot and it, it, it's helpful to do it you know inside or when the light is low um, take a shot where you have to keep the shutter open even at, at your uh, uh, at your most open aperture you have to keep the shutter open for say 15 30 seconds something like that um, it's interesting if you have a prime lens and I a lot of times you just use just my uh, 50 millimeter lens um, so take take your camera <laughs> and put it on the tripod focus on something that's as close to you as you can focus so that way you're you're focusing your focus is dialed all the way in and you're as close to that subject as possible while still maintaining focus on it and then figure out something that's say 10 feet away and focus on that 
and then make note of where where that is on your on your focusing ring and then go back to uh, well you can either start far away and move inward or start inward and move out to that point but then get your your shuttle release cable and I always use that so I don't bump the camera put it in bulb mode and that and then you know that way I can keep the shutter open for 15 30 seconds whatever the uh, the uh, the light meter calls for and then I always start near and and uh, not zoom out but focus out to what's far away so while the shutter is open I take the lens ring and start slowly rotating it outward so that the focus is shifting from the nearest object all the way out to say the object that's 10 feet away and it takes you know 16 15 16 seconds to to do that and but it's weird the effect that comes out of that that sort of uh, exposure is at once everything is both in focus and out of focus which is it's a weird it's weird to describe um, the best way I can describe it is if you I don't know if if you say picture a good example I don't know if any any of you have seen um, contact with Jodie Foster but in that movie you know she goes she gets into the the, the vessel and drops down into the singularity uh, wormhole. I, I can't remember what it is, but anyways, drops down into the wormhole, and to the, you know, the the onlookers, they see that she just drops straight through. But to her, she goes, "There's 18 hours worth of worth of time that is unaccounted for." Well, from her vantage point, she's going through that wormhole, and she ends up on this planet, this beach, and in a little bit the person who approaches her at least looks to be her father well that whole scene when she's on the beach it has sort of a, a dreamy look uh you know everything's kind of blurry but also in in focus at the same time uh, it looks again kind of like a dream or like heaven or you know something like that um well that's what these these photos look like it's a weird um a weird effect and uh something that I want to continue uh, trying with various films. I did it with uh, Kodak 2254, one of my, again, one of my favorite films. I talk about it a lot. Colors are beautiful. But uh, I, I uh, <laughs> focused on my, on my son. I focused on a uh, nearby plant. I, well, really, I focused on everything from the nearby plant to the, out, the, the furthest thing away and everything in between. It was a, it was a neat, neat project. Um, and I can look forward to continuing to try things like that. Um, but yeah, Kodak 2254. And uh, one other thing that I did with a, a fellow photographer, uh, Denise Grays, uh, out in Kansas, we did a, a film swap um, where she, she started a role of... Uh, Kodak Pro Image 100, and then sent it to me to expose over. She she exposed the entire roll, retracted it back into the canister, and then exposed the entire roll. And then I exposed the roll over that, you know, double exposure. Um, 
I started a role of Kono Monolith number two. Uh, I'm sorry, not Monolith. Kono Kono Rottweiled number two, a red scale film, and then sent it to her. Well, she, she sent it off to the lab and got the results back. And that, this was this past March, or the, this past March, <laughs> like it was so long ago. Um, this was back in March, uh, last month, and then sent me the the photos. And I tell you what. I really love that film. Um, of course, it's red scale film, but I, I don't know if it's because we did double exposures or or what. But the way that film rendered things, it was it, it was different than other red scale films that I've shot. Now that being said, I I've done a fair amount of red scale films, and all of them are different. But the Kono Rottweil number two is is by far one of the most unique. Uh, red scale films and so I'll, I'll be sharing some of the the photos that um, that I got from uh, from sh- you know doing that collaboration with Denise Graves um, so anyways just wanted to talk about a few of the films that I've uh, tried I don't know if it's now I was gonna say I'll, I'll say it, a little bit about it um, I talk a lot about about a lot about films and less about gear and that'll be a subject of a, a future podcast, okay? So, anyways, um, <clears throat> again, uh, it, it's great, so great to be part of this f- uh, film community. Um, something I never felt with the digital community. And not that I'm throwing any shade on the digital community. I just never felt anything with the digital community. But I do feel a, a really strong connection to the film community that we have and to each one of you that I've uh, that I've had the opportunity and, and privilege to communicate with and again uh, Alloy my brother it's it's going to be it's not going to be the same without you um, but your photography will live on and again thoughts and prayers for your family um, for his family it's a uh, a tough time. We lost uh, somebody who's who's def- who was definitely an inspirational photographer. So, anyways, hard to sum that up. But um, we'll see you next month, and um, look forward to trying to interview uh, some of you. Getting the nerve up, <laughs> the technical expertise to to do that, but. Um, I'm looking forward to, to doing that. So anyways, um, I hope the next, this next month will go well for you, for you all. Um, stay happy. Keep on shooting that film. Keep that, uh, keep our film community, our analog community alive and well. And, uh, until next month, peace out everyone.